We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dave Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Monday night after the Timberwolves turned in a real stinker against the Oklahoma City Thunder, a 112 to 103 loss. If you are looking for a happier vibe Timberwolves podcast, go back one in the feed to my conversation with Burt Robson that we recorded this afternoon where we basically just lauded Anthony Edwards up and down for 90 minutes. So, of course, you know, after we do that, Edwards comes out with maybe his worst performance of the season uh, a couple hours later. If you missed the game tonight uh, against the Thunder, I promise you it was worse than the final score says, and the same goes for Edwards' performance. Uh, Ant had 16 points, two boards, and three assists. And it was on 6 of 16 shooting, 4 of 9 from 2, 2 of 7 from 3. But it was really a worse performance than that final stat line suggests. Uh, so much so that, that Chris Finch did not sub Edwards back in at the end of the fourth quarter to close the game. Um, and it was a game that was very much in the balance, down, you know, down to the wire. Edwards was in to start the fourth quarter as he's, you know, he's kind of been playing with that second unit. And then typically, you know, he would sub out and then sub back in. Um, but yeah, the, the fourth quarter just just started where the Wolves were down seven. You know, they were in striking distance. But by the time Edwards subbed out in the middle of the quarter, the Wolves were down 16. And at that point, um, Finch had Towns, Hernan Gomez, Okogi, Noel, and Rubio in. And, you know, in part because... That group did get the deficit back down from 16 to 6. You know, Finch decided not to put Edwards back into the game. And 
you know, it, it, it was it was a different experience that Saunders, when he was the coach, had always been putting, you know, Edwards back in the game. But it was it was Finch holding Edwards accountable for for a game where he had not been effective on on either side of the ball. Edwards himself said after the game that, you know, he he kind of couldn't find a rhythm, didn't have a pep in his step and that his his performance did surprise him. But he was uh, he was not happy in his postgame press conference. And what was it about your performance that surprised you? Um, I just wasn't uh, I didn't have the same pep in my step. I felt like. But like I said, it's no excuses. I got to come back next game. Uh, I have that pep in my step, which I intend to. So, yeah. Any other questions for Ant? Kind of, kind of along those, kind of along those lines. Ant, were you okay with sitting out late in the fourth quarter when the other group was making a run? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. After Edwards got to that final line, he abruptly stood up, and that was the end of his media session. It was, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was clearly the most frustrated. Uh, this very positive 19 year old has been all year, you know, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's almost a good sign to be, to be frustrated. I mean, I can't, I can't come on here and say, Oh my God, Edwards is doing this after, you know, for years, you know, covering Andrew Wiggins, he would have, he would have games like this and, you know, his emotional level wouldn't shift uh, whatsoever. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think Edwards's frustration was clearly not directly at Finch. It was at both Finch and himself. And I think that's fine to feel, you know, it was a bad game. So hold yourself accountable for that. You know, that's just a fact, but it's also okay to have pride enough to feel that, you know, that he's earned more of a leash than Finch gave him, you know, whether or not you think it was right or wrong for him to deserve that leash, you know, given how he was playing, you know, whatever that's, that's up for debate. But I think there's, I think there's nothing wrong with Edwards as a person being frustrated about that after the game. And I, I thought it was interesting to ask Kat about whatever, you know, that emotion that was coming from Ant was. And if Kat himself had ever experienced that earlier on in his own career. Ant was just here, here talking with us. He said he's a little frustrated with, with not closing the game. Um, I'm curious if in fact, you know, you, if you can remember, I can't, of, of your rookie year, if there's a time where, where maybe, you know, you didn't play at the end of the game or at a time where you maybe wanted to play and how you kind of process that yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. There was a time in my rookie year, I remember I didn't play a lot of fourth quarters. Um, but for me, I just worked, I focused on the process of just, you know, trying to find ways to, in the time, the time I had an opportunity to be in the game, just to contribute as much as possible in those little minutes and, and, and just learn, keep learning and keep finding ways to contribute to the team's success. So, um, you know, I, I, you get lost in the game sometimes. I, I noticed that after the game, what you're saying, he's, he's talking about right now, we'll definitely have to have a conversation about it. Um, he's fairly really talented. Um, I just want to know, the logic behind it you know I, I just want to know so that was a little bit of a plot twist there at the end right like towns sounded like he also was a little bit confused about why edwards didn't close the game when it was close i kind of took that as cat wanting to talk with finch about what the logic as he put it was behind the benching of edwards i mean i would assume that'll be something that is ironed out in practice tomorrow i don't think they 
really get into that in their little post-game locker room sort of thing. But I, I think big picture, it's an interesting subplot, right? Because it suggests that Finch does have a limit on far on how far he's, you know, willing to let a player go if they're not having a good game. And that again, that's obviously different than Saunders. You know, Saunders, I think it's fair to say, would have rolled with Ant through the end of the game because. That happened earlier in the year where Ant was similarly ineffective and he closed out the game anyways. And this sort of like finite length of a rope for a player who isn't playing well could get interesting, right? Because with Beasley and Russell coming back, you know, this doesn't... That rope theoretically doesn't just apply to Edwards, right? It it could apply to Beasley and it could apply to Russell too. I mean, I, I think about that specifically with, with Russell, right? Like, what if Delo's having a poor game? Does he still get to close every game? Well, what if Rubio is playing well in that game? I mean, is Rubio's only path, if he's playing well to close a game, next to Delo in the backcourt? Well, if that's the case, you know, what does that mean for Beasley and Edwards? Because if Rubio's closing the game and it has to be by next to Delo, then Beasley and Edwards can't both be in, right? Because you can't go... D'Lo, Rubio, Beasley, and Edwards all in at the same time next to Cat, right? I don't know. Those are interesting questions. And, you know, that's, that's part of the job as a coach, navigating big personalities and kind of how you fit them all together. That's that's part of it, disciplining. and and. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kind of controlling the way you discipline is, you know, is is important. And it's something when you have four, call it five with Rubio, five players who you're invested in. I mean, they're not all going to be able to close every game. So we'll see how that goes. We're going to take a quick break here. And then I want to focus in on for the second half of the pod on Cat's performance tonight and a little bit just reflecting now on the, I think it's 19 games since, since Cat has returned from his wrist or from COVID. All right. Like I said, I want to focus in a little bit on Cat tonight. You know, we've talked a lot about there being an inefficient balance between the shots that Edwards takes and the shots that Towns has taken, right? Prior to tonight, 
Edwards had been averaging two and a half more shots per game than Towns over the 18 games that Cat had been back for. Well, that was definitely not the case tonight. I mean, tonight Towns shot 28 times and Edwards only shot 16. Unfortunately, it did not line up with the theory of more Cat shots equals more efficiency. I mean, Cat only made five of his 12 three-point shots and only five of his 16 two-point attempts in tonight's game. And I think, I mean, it was particularly glaring from two tonight. And just kind of going back to, to look at his stats tonight, I mean, this has been Cat's least effective season of his career from two-point range. Even worse than his rookie year, where he shot 37% of his shots from mid-range as a rookie. So, considering that Cat's now only shooting 12% of his shots from mid-range this season, for him to be shooting a lower percentage from two now is, you know, a little bit alarming. Or it certainly signals something. And so, I guess the real question is just why? And statistically, the answer points to being that Cat has been a lot less effective off the dribble attacking the basket this year. According to Synergy, Cat is isolating at nearly double the volume he was last season. So he's, you know, squaring up a guy, taking him off the bounce. And he's doing it far less effectively than he was last year. After ranking in the 91st percentile amongst players in isolation last season, Cat ranks in the 56th percentile this year. Cat has also seen a fairly monumental downshift in his effectiveness in spot-up situations this year. Now, obviously, a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that Cat was on fire from three last year. He made 42.5% of his catch-and-shoot threes last year, and he's only made 34.4% of his catch-and-shoot threes this year. But that's not all that goes into spot-up situations, Right. You don't just got to catch and shoot. I mean, a spot up isn't just a catch and shoot. Like, you can also catch, pump, and go. So, yes, like, a, a big reason, the, the predominant reason that Katz has dropped from a 94th percentile player as a spot up option last season and down to a 57th percentile spot up player this year is the fact that the three-point shooting just hasn't been the same. But his effectiveness off the bounce attacking the rim also hasn't been there either. And I think there's I think there's three factors that kind of contributed to this. And one is he just shot more catch and shoot threes last year. So that just boosted his overall effectiveness. He shot 5.9 catch and shoot threes last year and 4.2 this year. But that doesn't apply to the twos. So the, the, the other factor is you know, on these drives, he just doesn't have the space when he catches pumps and attacks. You know, teams are showing him more bodies on those drives when he does go. And so he's not only forced to get around his man guarding him on the perimeter, but he's also got to navigate multiple people on his path to the rim. And when you're seven foot tall, I mean, that's also a lot about avoiding charges. And that has been, you know, a less effective process for him. But the third factor, and I think this is the glass half full take, is that he's just not healthy. And, you know, he's favoring that risk some on drives. Tonight, if you watch the game, you saw it. He drove to the basket and just got kind of thwapped on that left wrist when, when drawing a foul. And he was pretty clearly in pain 
you know, under the basket grabbing it. And it was so much so that you could see him at the free throw line. It was almost just shaking to, to the degree that he, he missed the free throw pretty badly. And I mean, I know, I mean, a cat can be one to kind of play stuff up, but I think in this specific situation, this is becoming pretty increasingly clear that this wrist issue is a real, it's having a real impact. I mean, it's nothing chronic, but there's definitely a pain tolerance element to it. Cat had the wrist wrapped up after the game, and I asked him about it, and he said that after that play was the you know most the wrist has hurt since he's came back. Jace Frederick also followed up on that later in the session, and this is what Cat had to say. Carl, with that, with the wrist, is that something that you're confident like you can keep playing through, or does it hit a certain pain tolerance where you might have to take a little um, time off? Today's, today's incident was probably the most it hurt at any point uh, after coming back, for sure. Uh, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. So uh, it slowed me down. But uh, that's no excuse to uh, miss money and shots I should make. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just because I've had this injury doesn't mean uh, if, I, if I didn't feel I was in a physical state to play, I wouldn't play. But, you know, I, I step on that court, I put my jersey on, and I'm making that promise that I'm going to do everything I can, regardless of my condition, to give them the best I, best of me that night. Cat has said multiple times this season, as he did tonight, that he's not risking further injury by playing through this lingering injury. It is a, it is a pain tolerance thing. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for him necessarily. I'm, I'm trying to explain why player who every year of his career has you know kind of progressively grown in terms of his dominance at the basket I mean I'm trying to explain why is he taking a statistical step back it's not like wasn't like he was surrounded by awesome shooters in the past like he's always had to get through bodies I mean I think if you're watching these games I think the eye test matches that he is just it's just pretty clear that Cat hasn't been as good attacking the basket this year as he has been in previous seasons. And it would make sense that, you know, some conscious or subconscious trepidations to that, to that wrist are kind of driving down his effectiveness. Some now, I mean, you guys know where I stand at this. I would just tell him to let that damn three rip. Like don't, you don't got to go through bodies when you're just firing threes. I digress. I've already got up and down and back up on my high horse about why I think catch should be taking more step back three. So I'm not going to, I'm going to take a night off from that. The good news for cat in the players that are surrounding him is that, you know, reinforcements are coming and that should clear things up a little bit before tonight's game. Chris Finch said that he believes D'Angelo Russell will rejoin team activities this weekend or early next week. So it sounds like there's also going to be a little ramping up period before Russell actually comes back. But it's, I think it's definitely fair to say that D'Lo's return is on the horizon and, you know, for sure the next two weeks, it seems. And then Malik Beasley, you know, if he's not traded before Thursday's deadline, I mean, he is, he's set to return Saturday night against the Rockets. He only has two games left on that old 12 game suspension. 
particularly on a night like tonight where the Wolves were just playing an awful team. And my God, that Thunder team was awful. They could just, this was a good example of a game that they could use a D'Lo or a Beasley to just help them out-talent an opponent. Like, there is enough talent on this Timberwolves team to do that every once in a while. The the post-All-Star break Wolves are kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. They're now three and four since the break. And after they were they were number one in offensive rating in the league, post-break offensive rating after five games. And now after these last two losses, they've dropped down to 10th in offensive rating. And of course, they're still nestled up in their, you know, typical defensive home of bottom five in the league, ranking 28th in defensive rating post All-Star. But that's just that's just kind of the case with this team. We'll see what's up next. Because the next game is Dallas at home on Wednesday night for one final game before the deadline. I will talk to you after that one on Wednesday. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.